This podcast was recorded at Hartford Street Zen Center, East Sanji, in San Francisco. Please help support our temple by making a donation at hszc.org. Good morning. expression very much, but um, <coughs> the practice we do here is, is called uh, uh, silent illumination, or, um, or quiet light, or in Japanese, uh, mokusho. Um, and uh, this uh, term has quite a long history, actually. Um, uh, during the uh, Song Dynasty in China, um, during one of the sort of inner transitions, there was um, uh, an unfortunate amount of competition among Buddhist groups for uh, income. And while the uh, Chan communities had, um, they, they grew a lot of their own food and provided their own sustenance, uh, still, um, if um, government patronage could be secured, that was uh, very, very highly valued. So I think there was a certain amount of infighting that was going on. And the, um, you probably know there was a, a um, uh, someone in the Rinzai, or the Linji lineage, uh, known as Da Hui, who uh, wrote some polemics against the practice of uh, silent illumination. Uh, whether that's because he actually didn't understand it, which is possible, or if this was really a marketing campaign, um, because the the practice of silent illumination appealed very much to some of the literati, and their support was very important. So uh, this uh, Da Hui fellow wrote the, some some screeds against the practice and complained that it was dead, dead waters in, which shows that he, as I say, either didn't understand it, which in some ways would be preferable, but he was, if he was just misrepresenting things, that's very bad karma. So wherever he is now, I hope he's okay. Um, but uh, you might recall that um, we have one of our poems is the merging of difference and unity. And those terms, or you know, unity and differentiation and so forth, actually match perfectly with silent illumination. And, 
a contemporary of Da Hui was our ancestor um, Hongzhi, uh, who was uh, abbot of um, Tiantong Monastery, which I was fortunate to visit uh, not so long ago. Um, and he was a great exponent of silent illumination. So, um, when you are sitting, uh, there is both silence and illumination. And this is what prevents it being anything like static, uh, passive, dead water practice. This is important to understand. Um, in that poem, Merging of Difference and Unity, uh, uh, one of the reasons it turned out to be kind of a bridge for um, Chinese people uh, to uh, be engaged in the process of receiving Buddha Dharma was because it used language that was, to some degree, <coughs> already familiar. So there are two uh, uh, terms in that poem, um, uh, or actually that the poem refers to. Uh, the, the Japanese um, pronounce uh, ri and ji, or the Chinese say li and shi. And li is principle. And sure is phenomena. And the, the marvelous connection there is that uh, principle is illumination. Right. Oh, sorry, principle is silent, and um, sure or phenomena is illumination. So uh, when you're sitting, you may be uh, troubled by um, phenomena that are present that you wish were not. For instance, thinking, although we hope we've done a good job here of convincing people that there is nothing wrong with thinking. And that um, you have grown or are growing to trust the fact that both principle and phenomena, both silence and illumination, are inherent in your being. So we're not trying to, for instance, establish silence so there will be illumination. That's not how we practice. They are both present in a dynamic that is constantly renewed. So this means that any kind of uh, reaching we may be tempted to do in our sitting is totally unnecessary. And in fact, will in some sense uh, you know, disturb us or tire us out. Uh, so that, that poem uh, presents us with numerous images 
not so much how our uh, practice is supposed to be, but how it is. So if, if we've been you know, reasonably carefully instructed, our sitting is like a box and its lid. The poem says, phenomena exist like box and cover joining. So that's sure, phenomena unfolding. The principle responds like two arrows meeting in midair. That is, Li. And these two terms, Li and Shir, were already to some degree uh, familiar, especially to the literati, from writings of um, Lao Tzu and others, which were well established in the culture, and that the uh, people with their hands on the reins of power were quite familiar with. So this poem, among others, was a big hit. And this a practice of silent illumination struck a chord with the literati that uh, they, they really liked. So some of our uh, brethren on the other side of the aisle were perhaps scrambling a bit to get some of their uh, uh, support back. So what, what you're seeing right now is the dynamic of principle and phenomena. That dynamic, in fact, describes the whole universe. Another interesting phenomenon that kind of helped um, maybe uh, establish the, the bona fides of the Chan communities um, the, um, uh, for instance, another um, uh, important trend in Buddhism in East Asia was the, the Huayin or Avatamsaka school. And they too received the transmission of teaching from India and developed it in a certain way. But their, their approach was, um, you might say, it was a little more philosophical. And that had a certain appeal, but the Chan folks took that inspiration and expressed it in a way that was actually more poetic. And that was very popular in certain circles. So we have this song about uh, principle and phenomena on the one hand. And on the other hand, you have some rather abstruse discussions um, uh, from the Huayin side where they were describing, for instance, um, principles such as uh, 
Li Shi Wu Ai, which is maybe that's not so hard to understand. Principle and phenomena do not obstruct one another. And then they develop that and carry that further, and they come to Shi Shi Wu Ai, which is phenomena and phenomena do not obstruct one another. And these are elaborate and quite beautiful uh, philosophical discussions as a way of leading people into the, the radiance of Dharma. Uh, but the Chan folks somehow went with the poetry and, um, uh, and, and uh, found a very uh, uh, a welcoming place in the hearts of a significant segment of uh, the population. And so nowadays, it's like, well, there isn't that much Hua Yin around. I mean, of course, the sutra's there and it has its aficionados, but the Hua Yin school, where are they? And yet uh, Chan is still around. So somehow Chan managed to speak to the poet in all of us. And a song about uh, principle and phenomena had an echo in, in every heart because it's true. It's how things work. And we brought that to, you know, we bring that to the cushion with us as well as everywhere else. And this uh, posture that we, um, I don't know if it's right to say we, uh, you know, adopted the posture exactly from India, but um, because in India, this posture goes back, you might say, before India even. Uh, but anyway, this posture is a, a physical poem about Li and Shur, about principle and phenomena unrolling together. And our ancestor Hongzhi wrote a, a lot of really gorgeous poetry about how this works. So I highly recommend uh, his writings to you. And uh, our friend Dogen also had a particular love for Hongzhi's uh, teaching. And that is uh, a setting, you might say, of the, uh, the jewel of our school, insofar as we have one. It's not exactly the jewel itself. That's something else. There's the jewel and the setting. The jewel in our lineage almost doesn't bear talking about, but the setting we talk about a lot. That's what we're doing now. There are uh, a number of other of uh, these uh, images which the poetry presents but does not explain. Uh, for instance, uh, you may recall, uh, let's see, what's one of them? Um, 
the wooden man starts to sing. Remember that one? That's from the song of the precious mirror, Samadhi. Uh, what comes after that? Anybody remember? Wooden man starts to sing. Stone woman gets up dancing. So, wooden man, I don't know if I should tell you this. Well, anyway, do with it what you will. Wooden man is li, or principle. The song is phenomena. The stone woman is principle. The dance is phenomena. These images run all through these poems. And that's what they're about. So the uh, treasure of silent illumination is uh, stitched in through these, this, this literature like um, you know, th- golden thread through a brocade. So if you've been, um, I don't know, irritated by what you you thought were opaque images in our poetry. Um, maybe that was okay, and maybe that's better now than now that I've said that. You think you know what it's talking about, so maybe I've made a terrible mistake. Time will tell. But the saving grace is that you're practicing this, so it's not you're not just reading about it. That wouldn't be so helpful, but you're practicing it, whether you know it or not. Maybe that's okay, too. Uh, you could say knowing is phenomena, not knowing is principle. So that's all right, too. Yeah, so there's basically no escape. Um, we, uh, we don't do as much... Uh, chanting and revisiting of these poems as we used to, so that's too bad, but um, um, but uh, you all can you know, re- refer to these poems anytime you want and uh, the uh, for instance the um, harmony of difference and equality is pretty short, you could even memorize that and then you can carry this uh, kind of um, poetic glossary of silent illumination around with you, if you want. Uh, Anybody uh, remember some of those other images? Want to volunteer? Yes. Clear water all the way down, a fish swims, yeah, you could say, yep. Mm -hmm. So what's the parallelism there? This is from um, a poem by Hongzhir, which Dogen riffed on later, but so uh, Hongzhir's verse is something like, uh, uh, clear water all the way down, a fish swims slowly, slowly. 
So what's the parallelism there, do you think? Mm-hmm. So water is maybe principle, the fish phenomena. So this is a, a dangerous key to uh, our literature. So uh, use it wisely. Yeah, I was thinking of um, the spiritual source shines clearly in the light. Branching streams flow in the dark. The ensure again and again. I find that easier to remember than ri and ji, which is the Japanese, and I always get them mixed up. So, uh, if you want to read uh, Suzuki Roshi's excellent collection of lectures on the um, merging of difference and unity, uh, his book uh, Branching Streams Flow in the Darkness. Uh, you'll find lots of this stuff in there. Although, again, he doesn't make it necessarily that explicit. There's one particular lecture where he's talking about ri and ji. Uh, so you might have a look at that if you want. Well, that's enough damage for one day. So do you have any uh, questions? Yes. How hard? It is to not interrupt phenomena. Well, the interruption is phenomena, right? Well, right. And it's, you know, it's phenomena and phenomena. Right. Right. Exactly. So interrupt away. Or not, as you choose. Uh, uh, interrupting just as interrupting is not interrupting. You knew that. Yes. Um, <clears throat> if I understand you correctly, basically everything is going along just as it is going along. Mm -hmm. Phenomena, principle, interpenetrating, so on. Yeah. So, but when we talk like this, one thing that frequently comes up for me is if everything is going along okay, what is the point of effort? Mm -hmm. of making an effort mm -hmm. to drag your ass to the zendo or whatever it may be. Right, right. Well, um, uh, I think uh, Sukhureshi said it as well as anyone. He said, if we don't make some effort, we don't feel so good. It's like, actually, yeah, that's right. Uh, once in a while, you, you'll encounter some mysterious sage who seems to have never made any effort and is just sailing along through the universe in a, a samadhi of innocent delight, as somebody said. But those people are very rare. And I don't know that I've ever met one. I don't know, maybe Trungpa Rinpoche comes close, but maybe not, depending on your point of view there. Uh, and I'm certainly not one of those people. So if I don't make some effort, I don't feel so good. What, what we see in someone else is what we see. It's not yes. what we don't see. Maybe we don't see their effort. Maybe it's yes. effortless, but 
it's tremendous effort. Yes. From well, their all, all life looks effortful yeah. from some point of view. So, I, you know, uh, it wasn't so cold this winter, but we had some very cold days, a few anyway. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, f first creatures stirring are often the birds. I think, how do they manage? You know, it's freezing out. They're flying around, chirping and eating bugs. It's like, well, that is effortful. You know. And if they didn't make that effort, they'd die. So, uh, and uh, Dogen, in one of his more explicit moments, of course, he says, um, uh, what does he say? He says, um, if we don't practice, it does not manifest. And if we don't realize, it is not attained. So I think he probably said that with some misgivings. With, with what? He said that with some misgivings. He said, oh, people are going to misunderstand this. Mm -hmm. But he also didn't want people being complacent. I think one of um, Dawei's criticisms was that, uh, well, silent illumination is just complacency. And of course, it isn't. But it's possible that someone who hadn't had correct instruction might wind up in that, that pocket. And what would happen would be, I think, pretty sure, that that person would eventually not feel so good about that and, and just stop doing it, just drop it. So even if you know, we're sleepy, which I not infrequently am when I'm in, in the zendo, uh, that the dynamic of, the, of our practice is present. And embodying practice in this way that we have helps us appreciate that and helps that come forth in the world. So I think it is worth the effort. Doc? Yeah, I didn't notice that uh, until I think it was yesterday, Chuck and I went for a walk, and like four blocks from our house is a convent or a monastery, they call it, of cloistered nuns. Oh, yes. Uh, the Sisters of Perpetual, um, no. Not indulgence, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, perpetual Adoration. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and you can walk in, there's a monstrance, and there's a chapel, and you're right there on Ashbury Street, and then if you look behind the grating, there's like a sister sitting there, there's another level of grating there. Right. You know, I always like to think about cloistered nuns who's you know, basically pray for the world. Yeah. Right? And that's what they do. That's what and, they do. And there is faith that that has an effect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about, you know, Rinzai sort of got the military, right? And, the, you know, the Catholics got the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And there are situations where it's very clear what you have to do and why you have to do it. And you don't really have to think about it that much. Right? Yeah. Like this, you know, person needs whatever, yeah. you know, a, another bag of intravenous fluids. You don't worry too much. You give it. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, there, there's a lot of emphasis, I think, in, you know, in, in this school, just, you know, as I've been exposed to it in, in America, on one's practice, mm -hmm. which is already, you know, uh, going into difficult territory. Uh, to individual? Uh, well, if, like I say, if you have to ask the question that David was asking about, you know, what, what is... How did you say it? Why make an effort? Why make an effort? Mm -hmm. 
It's like in other situations, right? If you're in the military or in the hospital, you don't even think about why make an effort. You just make the effort. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of what we do. And periodically, the question comes up, as, as it must, and I wouldn't be surprised if we could find some medical or military folks who once in a while stop dead and go, wait, what am I doing? What is this about? Oh, yeah, so-and-so needs blah, blah, but oh, well, never mind. So even there, I think the question probably comes up. And uh, it's, it's okay to make a place for it. Um, uh, there's, um, uh, well, let's see. I want to be careful about this. There's a, another um, temple, possibly in this very city, where um, any kind of inquiry of that kind is discouraged completely. Uh, that sort. Yeah, for instance, uh, why, why do we follow Buddha's way? That would be, you know, forbidden. I, which I don't, yeah, I don't find that very useful, but um, that has been an approach that people have taken, which I do not recommend. So it's okay for the question come up, to come up, and um, uh, m making that the kind of effort that we invite ourselves to make answers that question. Oh, that's why. That sort of questioning is also not very encouraged in some of the places I saw in Japan. So, you, know, you just do it. What do they do? Give up on the venerable tradition in India of debating? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's a pity. Yeah, well, that's, all, that's another way of doing it, and it, it doesn't appeal to me very much, but. Yes. Um, but the, the way I often think about it, and because I've heard this, uh, I think from a few people in this tradition, or maybe Buddhism in general, that um, once you start making an effort, it is um, hard to go back mm -hmm. and give up on that. Yeah. It just doesn't really make sense anymore. Yeah, I think that's right. I, uh, I tried that for a while. Um, in the process of being in therapy for years, which I was, I, I've mentioned this before, I know, uh, uh, it kind of, it began to look as though I was using Zazen as a tranquilizer. And that's all I wanted it for. Don't give me any of that other stuff. I just want to be tranquil. And so I stopped for like two months. And then kind of that didn't make any sense anymore, so I went back to it without any particular plan, except that I wasn't so interested in just being tranquil anymore. So yeah, I've seen that dynamic work. Uh, once in a while, people will stop because of uh, extremely powerful karmic obstruction, you might say. But even that can pass. Yes? What is, I mean, when you, just now you mentioned extreme karmic 
Yes, obstruction. For example, what? Well, for example, uh, illness, injury, okay. something like that. Or some big bubble from their past comes up and it won't tolerate that kind of approach, something like that. Okay, well. Please uh, continue the practice of silent illumination. And um, uh, the, the world will thank you one way or another. Thank you very much.